Good morning, everyone. Glad you're here today. As we get started, let's grab a hymnal as we stand. We're going to open on hymn 22. Hymn 22, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. Christ is Good morning. Good to see everybody. I'm glad you're thawed out, sort of, and ready this morning for uh, to meet the Lord and worship this morning. I pray this morning that you'll do your very best to think about what's going on in here. And uh, the Holy Spirit will help you if you'll let him. And uh, I tell you, it's easy to get distracted. I know I'm easily distracted. And I hope this morning that you'll put your best effort out to think about what's going on in here. Listen to the words of these old hymns and, and the preaching of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. If you're glad to be here, say amen this morning. Amen. If you're glad to be here rather than the house, say amen. 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 Let's sing the verse again. On the last verse, Christ is all I need, hymn 22. Christ is all I need. This is our theme for the year. Christ is all I need. Ready? He was crucified. Listen to the choir as they sing, The Lord is my light.
Wasn't that good? I heard them practicing that upstairs when I was upstairs this morning, and I thought, man, that in the time. That's cool. That sounded really neat. I like that. Didn't that sound good? Boy, they belted that out really strong. Boy, that was good. Well, I'm glad that you're here with us this morning. If you're visiting with us for the first time or first time in a long time and you didn't get a visitor's bag, uh, our ushers want to make sure that you get one before we get any further. So if you're here this morning and you did not receive a visitor's bag, just hold your hand up and they're going to locate you. Anybody at all. Inside that bag is no money, but we do have a visitor's card we'd like for you to fill out. And if you would drop that in the offering plate when it comes by in just a moment, we'd really appreciate that we'd like to have a record of your visit. Just sit back and uh, enjoy the rest of the service, and we hope that it's a blessing to you. Well, let's grab our hymnals once again as we stand. Turn to hymn 20. Hymn 20, I'm standing on the solid rock. Through my disappointment, strife, and discontentment, I cast my every care on the Lord. No matter what obsession, pain, or deep depression, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages safe from all the storms and rages, rich but not from Satan's wages. I'm standing on the solid rock. How many of you are glad you're standing on the solid rock this morning? Say amen. Oh, either my hearing's off or not everybody got in on that one. So let me ask you one more time. If you're excited about standing on the rock this morning, say amen. 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 Well, let's turn, shake hands, welcome visitors. We'll come back and sing that second and third verse.
All right, as we gather back at our seats, we're on hymn number 20. Hymn number 20, that second verse, even though he's gone now, I don't feel alone now. Let's sing out. Even though he's gone now, I don't feel alone now. With comfort came the Spirit of the Lord. Now with his word to guide me, from temptations hide me, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages saved from all the storms that Now I'm pressing onward, each step leads me homeward. I'm trusting in my Savior day by day. And close is our relation from nation, so on this solid rock I'll stay. solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages saved from all the storms and rages rich but not from Satan's wages. I'm standing on the solid rock. Amen. Good singing. Thank you. You may be seated.
Once again in our hymnals as we stand, turn to hymn 268. Hymn 268, My Redeemer. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. Sing, oh, sing of my Redeemer, with his blood he purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon, paid the debt, and made me free. On the second verse, I will tell the wondrous story, how my lost estate to in his boundless love and mercy, he the ransom freely gave. Sing, oh, sing of my Redeemer, with his blood he purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon, paid the debt. last verse, ladies, when we get to the chorus, let's sing that in acapella, please. All right, on the last, I will sing of my Redeemer and his heavenly love to me. He from death to life hath brought me, Son of God, with him to be. Sing, oh, sing of my Redeemer. With his blood he purchased me On the cross he sealed my pardon Paid the debt and made me free Enjoyed hearing those parts. Good singing, thank you. May be seated. Brother... Fastest slideshow that I've ever seen in my life was when Brother John Casillas was here for our missions conference, and the poor guy. We had such a problem with the uh, with with I don't know if it was the projector or the anyway we had technical difficulties when it came to his slideshow, and uh, I just I will never forget that about Brother Casillas. But he was a blessing when he and his wife were here for the uh, missions conference, and I say all that just to tell you that he's the missionary of the week. And uh, we'd ask that you give him special uh, attention in your prayers this week. 
and just pray for Brother John and Ms. Casillas this week. And all of our missionaries, of course, uh, we'd ask that you pray for them. If our ushers would come forward right now, we'll have our morning, we'll receive our morning offering. And I want to remind our visitors once again to please drop your visitor's card once you've filled that out. Don't drop it in blank. Fill it out and drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. We'd really appreciate that. We'd like to have a record of your visit. And preacher wants to send you a letter and say thank you for being here. And it randomly puts a check in though, so they got to have a mailing address. So <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. We'd, we'd sure like to have a record of your visit. Let's pray together and we'll receive our offering. Father, we just, we love you. We thank you for the privilege we have to give. We thank you, Lord, that you've made it possible for us to give uh, back to you a portion, just a small portion of what you've given to us. I pray that you give us wisdom as we use it uh, in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. Bless the gift and the giver this morning. Father, we, we ask special blessing on Brother Casillas and uh, his wife and the ministry there in Mexico. Lord, that you would just use them as you, can, as you have over the years, just continue to use them uh, to win many, many souls to Christ. And may you be honored through them in Jesus' name. Amen. in your hymn books to hymn 188 hymn 188 and I think brother Jance you're up to sing aren't you why don't you come sit and we'll let you sing after we sing this chorus I'm so I mean happiness is the Lord been a long time since we sang this chorus happiness is the Lord happiness is to know the Savior living a life within his favor ready happiness is to know the Savior living a life within his favor having a change in my behavior Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation, Jesus and me, in close relation, having a part in his salvation. Happiness is the Lord. Real 
blesses to be forgiven living a life that's worth a living taking a trip that leads to heaven happiness is the lord happiness is the lord amen If I don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Amen. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And 
want to begin a, a couple of messages on Christ our all as when, it con- when it concerns love, concerning love. When we think about Valentine's Day coming up and, and just uh, kind of February, we usually spend some time uh, talking about family and preaching about the family. And I uh, want to revisit this particular passage we preached on oh, probably eight years ago. And I uh, want to come back and take a little time and preach on the characteristics of love. What is love? That's a, a great question today. Because love has definitely been misused and abused, the terminology anyways. Um, I know in our family, particularly, my dad made a great effort to make sure he told us that he loved us. My mom, great effort to make sure that we were not only uh, told, but we were showed that we were loved. And I, I'm so thankful for the family I grew up in. And so in our family, it's nothing for us to say we love each other. And even usually when we end a phone conversation or anything like that, we usually say, love you. I, I, I would hate to end a conversation without telling a family member I loved them and then something was to happen. I, I just always think about love them. I love my family and um, love. But that definition of love, again, has been misused and abused. And so we want to take a little time. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's begin reading in verse 1. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And it's not my intent to preach on the various gifts uh, this morning, but just to kind of let you know there in chapter 13, verse 1, that Paul's being a little bit sarcastic. If you read the rest of the previous chapters, you'll find that he was, again, correcting this church, uh, the church at Corinth. And uh, this church, in fact, the book has been called, the, the First Corinthians and Second Corinthians have been called the books of corrections. So Paul's correcting some things going on in these particular pa- churches. And uh, this particular church, I'm sorry. And so he's just being very sarcastic there. Verse 2 says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I, have no- I am nothing. I want you to know, too, at the onset of this, that the King James Version has this particular word right. If you're carrying another version of the Bible and it uses the word love here, that is not the word uh, that the Greek uses. It, it uses a different word. It's, it's charity. It means love in action. Not just love, but love in action. Again, growing up in our family, our family as well, telling each other we love them, that's, you know, we could say we love them, but love here is talking about the love that we show, love that is shown Everybody with me? Charity, love in action. Look with me in verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Profiteth me nothing. Verse 4 is where we'll begin our text this morning. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether they be prophecies, they shall fail, whether they be tongues, they shall cease, whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that, that's talking about the Bible, When that, the Bible, which is perfect, has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, 
But then, when the word of God's completed, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as also I am known. Verse 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is what? Charity. Let's pray. We do thank you today, Lord, for your love and your grace and your mercy. Well, that great love that you've showed us, giving your son to die on the cross for us. What a great example we have in love, being completely selfless. Lord, we thank you for that example. We pray this morning, as we look at this great word, that you would again open our eyes, give us understanding. But especially we pray this morning for the application in our own lives, that each of us would walk away having a greater understanding of love and applying it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. What is love? The Bible says that God is love. That God is love. And we uh, think about the characteristics of God, the attributes of God, and it says this is the greatest of his attributes, that God is love. People and individuals want to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. Um, Some are searching for love. You think about kids this morning. Kids want to be loved. They want to be told their love. They want to be showed their love. And um, we need to love our kids. Amen? Love your kids. Uh, I've I've said from the pulpit many, many times that love for a kid is spelt T-I-M-E, time, not gifts, time. Everything for a kid is wrapped up in how much time you spend with them. It's the ball games. You know, you see the films and you see all the things about kids being so disappointed their dad didn't show up for a ball game. That's real, (laughs) Right? And there are times we can't be there, and there are times, but uh, uh, you know what? And a kid knows that. A kid knows the difference. I'm telling you, T-I-M-E, spend time with your kids. Love, they're seeking love. They want love. We think about kids, we think about moms and dads spending time with uh, their children, dads spending time with their daughters. Let me again encourage you dads that you should be spending time with your daughters, showing them how a man or how a boy should treat a girl, being an example to them, showing them, uh, these things, right? I, I think the first uh, time uh, I encourage you to spend some time with your, your daughters and taking them out on a date and spending that time with them and just really doing that. For moms, the same way. Moms should be spending time with their sons and, and showing them uh, how a woman should be treated. I, every once in a while, we get a, a compliment about our kids every once in a while. But we do try to teach them, you know, a door open, open, open the door open for a lady and and do all these things and, and put all these things in place. Be that example to them. Show them how to treat uh, those of the opposite sex. People have a need to feel loved. They need to feel loved. And uh, not the Hollywood type love. And we can think about all the different things that Hollywood presents. And uh, when they say they love somebody or they, they're in love, then usually it's followed by a bedroom scene. Right? Can I tell you that adultery is not love? That it's out of the will of God? If you're out of the will of God, that can't be love. I, I, every once in a while, somebody come to my office, and I've had this happen a couple of times, and somebody will say, well, preacher, you know, I, I, I did this, uh, I committed adultery, but, but I really feel like God wants me with this individual. Can I tell you that that's absolutely not biblical? That's absolutely wrong? God can't have you adultery with another person? And that being the will of God, because he, he teaches against it. Love is not what Hollywood presents. 
Love is not the touchy-feely, kissy-kissy, you know, type of love. That's all emotions. Emotions change. Emotions change. Emotions change. I don't know. There's... I'm telling you, if I was to take every man aside and take him out of office and say, have you always felt like you're in love with your spouse? If they were to say yes, I would say, I'm not sure about that. Because <laughs> feelings change. You know, the same concept has to go for our salvation. Our salvation is not based upon how we feel. It's based upon fact. I love my wife. I love her. I express that to her. I show her that I love her. I mentioned to her here the other day. It's been a while since I gave her some flowers. Usually I'm a little better at doing that. Uh, you know, if she sends me to the grocery store, sometimes I come back with flowers, right? Because they're right there, you know, three ninety nine. Man, what better use of three ninety nine can you get? Some of you men ought to do that. I'm telling you, some of your wives would faint. Three ninety, really? I'm serious. Three ninety, two ninety nine. A lot of times at Walmart, man, means the world to her. I'm telling you, it's it's a neat deal, cheap. Um, but I, I love my wife. I, I love her, and there are times when we are not getting along. I know y'all think we have a perfect marriage, but there are times when we. With, with things are not going just right, and those feelings can change. Love is not what Hollywood expresses. It's not an infatuation. It's not the lust that, uh, that we have for the opposite sex. That's not love. Um, can I tell you that, that uh, God has given us those emotions, though? The way we feel towards the opposite sex was given to us by God, that it's... That it's not unholy to have those type of amen it's natural thank the Lord right but love is not those feelings can I tell you that not all adventures end with a fairy tale ending can I tell you that all adventures in life and marriage do not end in a fairy tale ending? That there's going to be bumps in the road in, in a marriage? And by the way, can I say that that goes for any relationship? There's going to be bumps in the road in any relationship? Can I tell you that relationships take work? They don't just happen. Again, a developing relationship with your teenage girl, your teenage boy, those, those relationships don't just happen. You have to make them happen. You know, every once in a while, your kid will get a little stubborn. And you'll say to them, we're going to go such and such and do that. Well, Dan, I don't want to go. Well, it don't matter what they want to do. I'm going to spend time with my boy, right? And whether they want to go or not, they're going. You have to make an effort. You have to make an effort, parents, with your teenagers, to get them alone with them and spend time with them and, and, you know, and, uh, and develop that relationship with them. It takes effort especially as they become teenagers. <laughs> and it takes effort in a marriage. Love, again, is not always... In every you know, relationship we have does not end in, woohoo, everything's great. No, it takes work and time. Love, again, is not this kissy-kissy, movie-time 
type information. Can I tell you, parents, be careful what you let your kids watch. Be careful. Be careful what you're watching. As we've been teaching on Sunday nights, our first lesson on precept, principle, um, convictions, and standards, there is a principle that says, the Bible says, set no wicked thing before thine eyes. That's the principle, right? We shouldn't set anything before our eyes. And therefore, the conviction is that I won't watch anything that would be wicked. Right? The standard is, I'm not going to watch certain shows. Woo, gets quiet in here now. We need to be careful what we're watching. Be careful what we allow our kids to watch. and That, that they don't develop, and we don't develop, the idea that love is some kind of infatuation or love is some kind of physical uh, so forth. What is love? Love in the Bible, as many of you know, i preached this many times, love in the Bible is selflessness. In the Old Testament, there are 613 laws. There's the moral law, the civil law, and the ceremonial law. There are 613 laws, and many of you have seen me illustrate it, but it's been a while since I've done this. And you think about those 613 laws, and then in the New Testament, Jesus takes all those laws, the Ten Commandments, that's the moral law, the civil law, and the ceremonial law. Would one of you guys uh, turn the heat off? That would be great. I'm about to die. Leave the fan running, but turn the heat off. Are you going to have a preacher pass out out here? There is the, everybody with me? There is the moral law. By the way, the moral law has always been, that was founded in the Garden of Eden when he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden. But then we have the moral law, the Ten Commandments. We have the civil law. We have the ceremonial law. 613 laws. You take those, those laws and, and uh, reduce them down. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ himself says in Matthew seven twelve, Whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even also to them. For this is all the law and the prophets. What is he saying? He's saying all those laws in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments and all the rest of the laws, can be summarized into one law. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. What is that called? The golden rule. It used to be taught in our schools. Had a biblical foundation to it. And then Paul says in Romans 13, he says, Now all the law is fulfilled in one word. One word. Paul says, Romans 13, one word, and that is love. He uses the word love. Love. So, doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you, is what the law is, 1 John 3, 7 says. And that law is love. What is love? It is selflessness. The biblical definition of love is being selfless. Let me say it again. The biblical definition of love is being selfless. Selfless in every relationship. You realize Jesus said, what did he say? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Being selfless. He says, you, you uh, love one another. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Whew, that's a tough one. Be selfless towards each other. Every relationship that we have as a Christian should be characterized by love. Selflessness. Do you realize that if everyone practiced the golden rule, there would be no policemen, there will be no war. Mark it down. If everyone treated everyone else like they would want to be treated, there would be no cops. There would be no need for them. 
Isn't that amazing how you can take all those commandments in the Old Testament and summarize them down to one? Well, you said Matthew 22 says that the, new, the commandment is to love God and love your fellow man as you love yourself. That is true. Can I tell you they're, they're the same law? Now, I had somebody approach me years ago and said, Preacher, you're preaching, you know, false doctrine here. You, you know, the first commandment says that you should love God and the second commandment is to love you. They're the same law. You cannot... Love your fellow man as you love yourself without loving God properly. And listen what happens. When you love God properly, when you're loving God and and your relationship with him is right, you will love your fellow man. It can't go any other way. They're the same law. Matthew 22 tells you it's likened to itself. They're likened to each other. They're the same law. Love God. Love your fellow man as you love yourself. Love is fulfilled in one word. I mean, the law is fulfilled in one word. Love. Love each other. Be selfless to each other. Can I tell you that if you're having marital issues, marital problems this morning, if you'd simply be selfless towards your spouse, it would fix it all. Be selfless. Treat her as you'd want to be treated. Treat him as you would want to be treated. Well, you don't understand. I said I was sorry last time. It's his turn to say he's sorry. It's, it's hilarious how some people will come to my office and, you know, and, they're, and they're in the squabble, and I'm like, you know, when did we become nine years old again? You know what? We should love each other. Be selfless towards each other. If, if the other person's offended you or you've offended them, be the first person to say, I'm sorry, and get the thing back on the right track. Don't allow that stuff to build up. That's when it becomes an issue. Love each other. Be selfless towards each other. Unselflessness. Sin. Sin in the Bible, according to 1 John 3, 4, is breaking that law. All right? So it's very easy. When you are not loving others as you love yourself, in marriage, in any relationship, the Bible says you have broken the law. The Bible says that is sin. I know that term is not popular today, but it's in the Bible. You are in sin. Hold on. Let's let's make that very practical. If you at this moment have an odd against a brother, you haven't forgiven them, you haven't got the thing right, wouldn't that make you in sin? If you're having marital problems right now and you haven't got it settled, I'm not saying you, you may not you may need some counseling and some help, but you haven't even reached out for that yet. And then you are living in that, according to the definition, aren't you living in sin? Congregation, I'm is that, I mean, isn't that the practical application? We haven't even got to the, the sermon yet. It's all introduction. Right? Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. It's such a great verse. Man, get those things right. As quick as they happen. When you blow up and you do your thing, lose your temper, whatever, get those things right. Whether it's with your spouse or with your children or with your boss or whomever, get those things right. Treat others as you want to be treated. The greatest sign of Christian maturity is a love for others. The greatest sign of Christian maturity is a love for others, a love for the brethren. It's being more like Christ. The greatest sign of Christian maturity is a love for others. Again, Jesus commanded that we love each other and then a love for souls. So if you are progressing in your Christian life, then you're going to love those around you. 
If you're progressing in your Christian life, you're going to develop a love for the lost people, a love for souls of people. These are signs of Christian maturity. Again, as we think about the context, Paul's correcting this church. He's saying, listen, um, it doesn't matter what gift you may have. It doesn't matter that you can speak with tongues or you have the gift of prophecy or you can do all these things. They, they had taken the gifts and made them very showy. And the people who had showy gifts uh, were, were being very, um, just very obnoxious with it and, and sitting in the high places and making themselves in the high places. And, and then those who didn't have the gifts, spiritual outward showy gifts were covetous of those who did. And, and it was just a, a big squabble, a big fight. In fact, the Bible tells us in Corinthians that they were suing each other and it was all sorts of turmoil going on in this church. And Paul says, listen, it doesn't matter whether you have the showy gifts and whether or not you have this gift or that gift. The greatest gift you can have is the gift of charity, love in action. This is what we should be seeking. We should be seeking to love each other. In, Paul, in 1 Corinthians, Paul describes the nature of love, the characteristics that we should show in our lives. Look there with me in verse 4. Charity suffereth long. That term means, suffereth long, means patient. It means the capacity to put up with pain, troubles, difficulties, hardships, listen to this, without complaint or ill temper. It is love suffereth long. So, Okay, so we know that love is selflessness, and now we're going to get characteristics of what that is. So he doesn't just leave us out in, in, in no man's land. He says, okay, love is selflessness, and here, how, here is how selflessness is characterized. Selflessness suffereth long. It's patient. It's patient. It, it understands. It goes through difficulties. It goes through trials. It goes through hardships without complaint or ill temper. Can I tell you, in life there's going to be some hardships. In life there's going to be some difficulties. In life there's going to be some troubles. Jesus said himself, in this world you shall have tribulations. It's going to happen. Every marriage will face it. Every relationship will face hardship. Every relationship. With your kids, every relationship, you're going to face hardship and difficulties. And many times we get mean and we get ugly and we we become ill-tempered when we come through those difficulties and we come to those problems in life. And and Paul's simply saying here, love is patient in those times. Patient, long-suffering. It waits. It's patient. It waits. Love understands and therefore it waits. Love does not retaliate. It's never in a hurry to punish. Well, I know some parents who kid act up, man, they're, they're ready to drop the hammer, you know. Man, love is patient. Man, somebody does something wrong against them, you wait, buddy. Knock you out for Jesus. Or as J.C. House says, jack your jaw for Jesus. We'll give, we'll give him that quote this morning. We think of David and Saul... David treated Saul so good, 24 times, at least 24 times, Saul tried to kill David. And yet when David had an opportunity to kill Saul, he did not take that opportunity. David did not retaliate. David did not hit back. David knew that he would be the next king, and he was patient. He was patient. He waited. And there was a couple times there we almost won Saul back over. Can I tell you, love is patient. Teenagers, can I tell you that love is patient? Love truly does wait. 
teenage girl, teenage boy, love waits. Now I'm talking about the physicality of love. It waits. The Bible says we are not to commit fornication or adultery. Those are only for the, the wedding and uh, after the wedding and the marriage. Love waits. And teenage girls, any boy who tells you different is a lousy, no good, sorry, rotten dog. I haven't said that word in a long time. I need to bring that back out. He's a thug. You should run away from him as fast as possible. You should blow the whistle. You should mace him. That boy is not willing to, to uh, wait until marriage. He does not love you. Men, young men, same thing for you. If you're not willing to wait, you do not love that girl. You're infatuated with that girl. Love waits. It's long-suffering. It's patient. By the way, I can teach the teenagers all day long, but that goes for us adults too. It's amazing. Can I use the word shacked up? It's become so popular today, it's on all the TV programs. Don't make it right. Spouses, we need to be patient with each other. Love is patient. Can I tell you, it gets past the little stuff. It gets past the little stuff. It's kind of neat how when we were dating and courting and all those things, how the little stuff didn't bother us. When you got married and you lived with somebody for five, ten years, about, usually about that third or fourth year, all those little habits or whatever began to... When you remember love is patient, it gets past the little stuff. And don't sweat the small stuff. That's That's small stuff. Love is patient. Love is long suffering. Love, number two, love is kind. The word kind means pleasant or beneficial in action, friendly, sympathetic, helpful, thoughtful, gentle. Stories told of a Wycliffe translator who went into Brazil working with the Indians there and when he first got to the uh, village he was, they he referred to the missionary as the white man. As he began to work with them and, and he began to help them and, and help give them medicine and so forth, they began to call him the respectable white man. The white man before then had burned their homes and done atrocious things to them and they were a little skeptical. They began to call him the, the respectable white man. Then one day he was, uh, one of the Indians was, was injured and, and uh, the missionary began to his name was Doug, began to you know, bind the wounds and do all those things and man, blood all over him and just right there in the midst of it, they began to call him the white Indian. Then one day, they began to call him the man that God sent us. All of this without him being able to speak their language. There was no, very little communication. And yet his actions, his actions, his kindness was able to overcome the language barrier. And can I tell you, in every relationship that we have, kindness will overcome. Kindness will. Just be kind. Be kind and gentle. I don't have time this morning, but you can go read Second Samuel chapter 9 where David 
when he had def- defeated the Philistines and great battles had happened and Saul and Jonathan are now dead and he comes back to the palace and he says to one of the servants of Saul, he says to them, is there any left of the children of Saul? One of the servants said, yeah, Mephibosheth, who is the son of Jonathan. And the quote that David made was this in verse 3. He says, is there any left of Saul's household that I may show the kindness of God unto him. Usually when a king took over from a former king, he usually, in those days and ages, slaughtered all the kinfolk of the other king because he didn't want them to rise up and take the kingdom. But instead of David doing that, he showed Mephibosheth favor and love and kindness, even brought him into his home and fed him until he died. Gave him all the lands that Saul had, all the servants back that Saul had. What kindness that David showed in spite of how he was treated by Saul. By the way, he said he did it because of the love of Jonathan. He wanted to show the kindness of God unto them. Practically, we must again remember to say thank you. Thank you. Please. Be good to do that around here. If you're a leader, if you're a any kind of position, saying please would you always works better than Anyway, I try to remember that. Even my kids, I try. I don't always try to say, but I do try to generally say, please. Be kind. Rewind, right? VCR tapes are done. Friendly. Be friendly. Be thoughtful. Valentine's Day is coming up, guys. Ladies, be thoughtful. Be kind. Birthdays, anniversaries. Lastly, love envieth not. Word envy, a feeling of antagonism towards someone because of some good which he is enjoying, but which one he does not have him oneself. It also comes with the ideal of covetousness and jealousy. Again, coveting is wanting what somebody else has. Jealousy is, I'm going to have that. I'm going to get it. Love envieth not. Love is generous and sincere in praising others. Love is generous in the face of competition. Man, I see this all the time now where we're in competition, whether it's sports or whatever, where we have a, 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 just an, ide, an ideologue, you know, an ideal now that, that um, when you lose, you are a loser, you know, and man, we boom down their faces, and right, teenagers? Right? Love is generous in the face of competition. It's kind. It's love. It's generous. The church of Corinth was envying each other's gifts and thus began to misuse them. So get the context and I'm done now. The context is, in this particular passage, that the church of Corinth, the Christians here, were misusing the gifts, that they were envious of each other because of certain gifts. It's like in in our church, it would be like someone saying, well... I could teach Brother Clark's Sunday school class and begin envious of that position. Or I could be a deacon or I could do this and envious of of positions that may be kind of out in the open. And they began to do that. They began to be very envious of the showy gifts. And Paul said, listen, you can have all those gifts. Take them. But what you really need is love. You really need love. And not just love, but love in action. When, we come, when it comes to envy, we should praise those whose gifts and successes that we covet 
Can I say it again? You should be able to genuinely, genuinely express praise towards someone else whom you envy. Envy if not. If you really love them, you should be excited when they approach you with a job promotion. You should be excited for them for whatever it may be, the advancements they're making or the home that they bought or the car that they bought or, or their kid uh, graduated, you know, top of the class and your kid, you know, slid by by the hair of his chinny chin chin. It's like the bumper sticker says, my kid's an honor student at whatever school and the bumper sticker on another truck says, I beat up your honor student. That guy really envies the other actions, what's going on. We should, we, should be able to be, we should be able to praise others. We honestly should. You say, well, I can't do that. I don't, he said, I don't understand why, why my friend's advancing and, and everything's happening for them and, and I'm over here struggling and all these things. Going on, and why, why is it? I'm, I'm, I'm right with the Lord. I'm doing things right. Why am why I getting everything? And you began to envy and covet the other person. Can I tell you that you should be able to go to them, look them in the face and say, I'm so thankful God is blessing you. I'm so thankful that you've got advancement. I'm so thankful that you're being successful or whatever the case is. You should be able to do it genuinely. You say, I can't do that, preacher. Well, what's the solution then? Pray for them. I'm telling you, prayer works. If you've got bitterness or covetousness towards another person or you have an odd against a brother, pray for them. It works. It will release you of your bitterness. It will release you of your covetousness. Listen. You say, well, I'm not covetous. I'm not this. I'm not that. I, you know, how many times do you have to be patted on the back? We, we need to be very careful with our motives. Why we do what we do. Love envieth not. We should pray for those whom we may covet. In the church, in any relationships, we need to pray for them. Jesus Christ is the supreme example of love. Jesus Christ loved us so much, he gave himself for us. Shed his blood on Calvary for us. Gave his life for us in order that our sins might be forgiven, in order that we might have a home in heaven, we might escape hell and have a home in heaven. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And listen, we, our goal is to be like him. Our goal is to love like him. Our goal is to follow in his steps. Look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Let's read this again. Christ suffereth long. Christ is kind. Christ envieth not. Christ vaunteth not himself. Christ is not puffed up. Christ does not behave himself unseemly, or he does not seek his own. Christ is not easily provoked. Christ thinketh no evil. Christ beareth all things, Christ believeth all things, Christ hopeth all things, Christ endureth all things, Christ never faileth. That's our example. He is love. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ came to this earth in flesh. The God of the universe came to this earth in flesh, lived a sinless life for 33 and a half years, then was crucified on a cross, not for, not for crimes He had done, not for sins He had done, but He died for our sins. He shed His blood for us. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ gave his life for us. While we were yet sinners, though we were selfish by nature, though we were selfish in desire, though we were selfish in our deeds, Christ loved us and gave his life for us. So why would he do that? Because he loves us. He does not want to see us spend eternity in a devil's hell. He does not want to see us with our lives in shambles and marriages in a wreck and relationships on the rocks. He came to give us life more abundant. Can I tell you that marriage was meant to be enjoyed? Kids were meant to be enjoyed. Life was meant to be enjoyed. And if you're not enjoying life, number one, you need Jesus. And number two, Christians, we need to love each other. We need to love each other. Just as a side note, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, we have the fruit of the Spirit. These are all found there. Let's walk in Christ's steps. Let's love each other. Let's all stand. Hymn 167, just as I am. Love suffereth long. It's patient. Well, we need to be patient with each other. We need to be patient with each other. Love is kind. We need to be friendly and sympathetic and helpful and thoughtful. Word carries with it the ideal of being gentle with each other. And then love envieth not. Well, we need to be careful about covetousness in our heart. Lord, we thank you today for your love and again that expressed towards us and by giving your son for us. I pray this morning if there's someone here who needs Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray this morning they would step out of their chair and come forward and accept you today before it's eternally too late. Lord, we thank you that you've expressed and shown us love and help us, Lord, to walk in your steps. We ask this in your name. Amen. Just as I am, great old hymn, as we sing. Just as I am. Lord, touch your heart. Won't you come this morning? Love. How's your relationships this morning? Able to come down and pray about those relationships with your children or with your spouse, with a co-worker. Love. God, I come. I come. As we continue to sing. Maybe this morning you're looking for a church home. We'd love to have you. You need to be saved, won't you come? You need Jesus Christ as your Savior, won't you come?
some still at the altar will sing another verse. Just as I am. I'm glad Jesus takes us just as we are. announcements and again with Valentine's coming up we need to know what biblical love is a prayer request just remind you of some prayers a request brother Randy Cook's grandmother did pass away this past week remember them in prayer and the family there in prayer we've been praying for her uh, remember the shepherd family of course they're all here this morning it's good to see them and remember them in prayer as well the loss of father and loss of husband uh, Miss Lisa Day I saw her back there as well keep her in your prayers the loss of her her dad Miss Mary Lee Thompson in the hospital. Remember her if you would. She's getting better and better. Still on the ventilator, but, um, but very awake and, and just, you know, you, it's, uh, she's doing so much better. Uh, Miss Carla Abrams, remember her in prayer again in the hospital there. Miss Linda Smith's ears. And uh, she can't hear, so go up beside her and say anything you want, I guess. How'd you play the organ this morning? Miss Mary Hokett begins her... Um, treatments this week remember her in prayer brother prax also is going through some treatments remember him in prayer if you would uh, announcements women of virtue meeting this thursday lord willing if the weather permits and uh encourage you ladies to sign up be a part of the women of virtue uh, meeting on thursday at seven o'clock there'll be skits and just a lot of good time and devotional time with the ladies and then the 11th and 12th it's gonna be a busy week now the 11th on that uh, friday night we're having our valentine banquet hope you'll be here for that but the weather will be here speaking, and our, again, our, our uh, entertainment is without question some of the best around, and you'll want to come and see uh, what's in store. And uh, hopefully it'll live up to the hype. I don't know. And so that's just $5. $5 just covering the meal on uh, Friday night. And then also Saturday morning, it's just a quick seminar now, a quick conference. Uh, Saturday morning at 9, we'll serve some donuts, and maybe we'll get some fruit for some of us who are on the Biggest Loser and uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll have the first session, and then 11 o'clock, have the second session, and then we'll be dismissed. And just encourage you to come out, and, uh, again, and working on our relationships with our spouses. I always learn something with Brother Weatherby uh, when I go to the conferences, every time. And I know that Brother Weatherby will be a blessing to you. Uh, finance team meeting next Sunday at 4.30. Financial seminar, there'll be a mini one, basically this time uh, covering just budgets and how to budget and how to put things together. And... Uh, Brother J.C. House talked about that, Mr. Budget. I'm glad my dad taught me budgets very early in life. Uh, Men of Valor Breakfast coming up on 26th. I do want to mention the regional competition for the Masters Club. This is our kids' ministry on Wednesday night, and uh, they are going to regional competition in Waco coming up on the 26th. So let's pray for them, and uh, that the Lord bless them, and they have a great time and be safe. And then uh, March 6th and 9th, there's our Bible conference with Brother Stewart. Again, usually our, be our uh, best attended uh, conference all year long, and you'll enjoy Brother Stewart very much. Soul winning Tuesday night at 7, and visitation at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, and also Tuesday morning at 10, and Saturday morning at 10. encourage you to come out to one of these. Pictorial Directory. Pictorial Directory. Please sign up. 
If not, you'll get a call. And I want to encourage everybody to sign up, be a part of our 10th anniversary pictorial directory. All those pictures are going to be taken at the end of next week. There is a makeup date, though. It'll be February the 21st, I believe. February 21st will be the makeup date, and that'll probably be the only makeup date we get. So uh, keep that in mind if you would. If you have videos or pictures from years past, we need all of those if you can. All right? Some of you have a video. I know there's a video that exists when we had the uh, uh, service on the slab in this building. Just had it on the slab and nothing was here. Uh, there's lots of pictures like that. Some of you got them laying around thinking, oh, they'll have them. No, we don't. Send them. Send them. And we do have a lot of pictures from the very early years, but really the last five years we don't have as many pictures. So pray, really encourage you to give us as many pictures as possible, even from up this last year from the fall festival or, or VBS or whatever you've got. Make sure we get those if you can by next Sunday. Um, the Heritage Baptist Bible Institute, there will be no um, institute this Thursday night. Remember, we have the ladies have their Women of Virtue meeting this Thursday night. And then our sermon tonight, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, Tonight will be the practical paths of following Jesus, Christ-likeness, and alcohol. And so I want to encourage you. We're teaching some practical things on Sunday night, started this series, and I want to encourage you to be here. What does the Bible say about alcohol? You say, well, preacher, you're going to get up and slobber and spit, and, and I may do some of that. But mainly tonight, our, the, the uh, reason for this particular message is, is to teach you the biblical principle which should produce a biblical convi- a, a, a personal conviction, which then should produce a standard. In other words, we're showing you from the, what the Bible says about a particular subject, whatever it may be, and then you develop a conviction from that. And then you develop a standard from that. Your standard may be different than my standard, but I'm at least going to show you what the Bible says and what the Bible says about whatever subject it may be. We're going, to cover, we're going to cover tonight alcohol. We're going to cover next Sunday night. Brother Stone's going to preach on piercings and tattoos and those types. That'll be interesting. Some of y'all just show up just to see what it's about. But the Bible does have some things to say about those things. Um, we're going to cover a couple of other subjects. But this will run about four, five, six weeks. And then we'll get on with the book of Hebrews on Sunday night this year. But a practical path of following Jesus. Again, some people say, well... Yeah, it's all about what would Jesus do, but sometimes people's understanding of what Jesus would do is contradictory to what the Bible says, and Jesus would never contradict the Bible, right? So we, we don't want to present it in such a way that you develop those convictions and you develop your, your standards and showing you how that process works as you read your Bible. I feel good about the whole thing. I hope you come back tonight. Um, tonight, choir practice at 5 o'clock. Um, kids choir at 5.15 prayer meetings, men and ladies prayer meeting at 5.30 and our regular services at 6 o'clock. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. I'll have Brother Tim Scruggs make his way to the platform and pray and dismiss us in prayer if he would. Appreciate uh, the Scruggs very much. What a blessing they are to our church. Come on. Father, we're just so thankful for your kind and patient love that you show towards us and I pray, Lord, that uh, You'll, you'll help us to be the same way towards other people. Thank you for the good preaching of your word this day. Please now see us safely to our separate places, and we'll thank you so much for it. In Christ's name, amen. Yeah.